This is Marcus Leader. Welcome to a special edition of The Shaman's Brew. Tonight I was going to be talking to you about uh, Carlos Castaneda, my dear friend and teacher, about some new developments that I've come across in the last few weeks. However, I'm going to have to put that show on hold because I'm not quite ready to release that information yet. Uh, I should have that ready within two to three weeks. In tonight's show, I'm going to turn it over to two other dear friends of mine, Fox and Erwin, from Pagan Parents on the Edge. They have appeared in a couple of my shows in the past, and I always got great reviews from my listeners, so I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, They're going to be talking about um, pagan music and how pagan music doesn't suck. But first... In honor of uh, the topic of the show, I am going to play for you two selections of my favorite pagan music, both performed by Gina Satoli. The first is The Magician, followed immediately by The Alchemist. So, without further ado, I present to you Gina Satoli.
so be
Welcome to Pagan Parents on the Edge, a perspective of the pagan experience through the eyes of parents. This is episode 49, and I'm your host, Erwind. And I'm Fox. And I can't believe we're up to 49 episodes. We need to do something big for 50. Wow. Just <laughs> don't, don't be writing any checks that your body can't cash. <laughs> It is freaking hot. Well, I tell you what, what do we got to do? Like every summer we have to put on an episode where we open it up and just OMG, it is so effing hot around here. Yes, it's very, it is so hot that the air is as hot as car exhaust. (laughs) <laughs> it is it is pretty crazy. We're going through quite a bit of heat here in the uh, Mideast and the eastern seaboard. And I'll tell you what, we're, we've been setting records and stuff. We're coming right close to them consistently day after day. It just uh, it has been rather oppressive and sweaty. Woof. <laughs> we have been, as you all well know, have done several rather wonderful, great, conversations in tandem with our dear friends Kveldrida and Oni of Pagan Spirituality Today. And as it is so that discussions between us as friends often run into the deepest end of the pool, I really thought that tonight it would be nice to have a lighter discussion. That's right. And I really like a lot of the episodes that we did where it was like our favorite books or our favorite favorite movies. And and so I was trying to think of something (sighs) similar along those lines and realize we never did one on music which i think is a good thing now of course we don't play music in our podcast as uh, any number of other podcasters do it's a technological hurdle that frankly i'm just not that interested in jumping through and there are so many other good resources for pagan music that i really don't want to like be trying to figure out what i want to put on or what i think people want to listen to or anything like that so i don't really give the consideration of putting music on there but But on the same hand, I get not really upset, but bothered by hearing so many people in the pagan community talk about how pagan music sucks. (laughs) I I don't really get bothered by it. I get more bothered by pagan music I don't like. (laughs) But there is a lot out there I do like. And there is a lot out there I do like. I have extremely broad musical tastes. I like everything from the most sophisticated, classically orchestrated, Wagnerian, you name it, to 14-year-old homeboy who doesn't know how to play guitar or sing very well, but feels it. Because to me, a good, huge quality of music doesn't always have anything to do with the music itself and doesn't always have even anything to do with the lyrics. I'll listen to some stuff that any number of other people would just totally call crap just because I feel that the person doing the performing or presenting as I tend to kind of think about it is like genuine genuine (laughs) (laughs) is is genuine 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 that's how I say wow um and the thing about it is is if the performer 
has a real honesty, a very a, a real passion, and is genuine about how they feel about what they're doing. I think that like transcends a lot of you know maybe not the greatest lyrics or maybe not the best music. I think that that is a really great opinion that you have, and it's one that is totally alien to me as far as the way I was brought up. I came from a very musical background. My father is a musician and I took piano lessons and music was always something that, I mean, it was always a part of my life, but there is also this technical performance aspect of it that, I mean, and I guess it's just almost judgmental. If you aren't a good technician to be able to play your instrument or to understand music theory and all this stuff, then you're not a good musician. I mean, that's just kind of like the mindset that I came from. And and to hear a completely different idea from you of respecting the artist regardless of the quality of what they're doing just for their effort and the spirit that they're putting into it it's just when i first met you of course you know we've been together for a long time and i've known that that's a part of you and the way you think about music it really opened my eyes to being able to look at it in a different way and to really respect that part of it that that is as much a part of a musical performance as the technical virtuoso of the uh, artist it is to me that the presentation of any performance, whether you're an actor or a musician or a poet or whatever, is uh, is very much a magical effort. It, it, it's very much almost a spellcasting effort. I didn't always feel this particular way. I've always had a very broad range of musical tastes, but I'll tell a little story here. Years ago, I was fairly well known in the underground music scene, the local amateur open mic night underground music scene where we live. And I can still go out and be recognized by a number of people, although it's been quite some time now since I've done it on a regular basis. We were all out at uh, this bar one night playing, and there was a good number of musicians out. And this kid showed up, and he did not know how to play his guitar very well. It was obvious that he'd picked it up and learned a couple of chords and was still on the, you know, the bottom side of just learning how to make his chords sound good. He was not necessarily a very, and I don't want to sound insulting or anything, but not necessarily a very lyrically gifted writer. And the song itself was not musically, I mean, you're never going to hear this. You'll never hear this. You people will never hear this. And it's a sad thing to me that nobody else will hear this than (laughs) the people that happened to that night. On one way, said in another way it was very magical but he got up and he played an 11 minute long song 11 minutes all about how much he hated his job at walmart how much (laughs) how much his struggles between him and his parents meant to him the way he felt about his girlfriend the way he felt about himself no wonder it took 11 minutes (laughs) in 11 minutes Everybody in that audience rallied, laughed, and cried. And when he got done, we all jumped to our feet, and it was a roaring, standing ovation. And the poor kid turned beet red, packed his guitar up, (laughs) lickety split, and ran out the door. And we never saw him again. Like I said, he wasn't that great of a musician. But the passion, the way he felt so honestly about the things that he's saying about really made me think about how many people are out there that are just sitting in their bedroom with a guitar writing poetry and putting it to really bad music that 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it doesn't rhyme or doesn't have meter. It doesn't matter that the music is not very good. They are crafting a spell that is as honest and as powerful as any spell that any pagan can put together because their heart and their spirit are really into it. And it did. It made me look at music a, a lot differently after that night. I'm right there with you. I mean, music can have that effect on people. And I agree. A lot of it has to do with the energy you're putting into it. How you feel about the message of the song or the sound of the music that you're putting together. It's very powerful. It is just so that some of my very earliest leanings in the interest of what at the time I would not have even labeled as paganism and wouldn't even have recognized the label pagan at the time but my very earliest interest in like this extra spiritual alternative mythology was very much fired in my imagination by my exposure to some very interesting music well I mean very interesting music it's actually sort of kind of common music <laughs> when you really think about it in the broader when sense you talk of about it <laughs> well, it sounds kind of special and mysterious. But. It was special to me. And, and to just lay it right on the table, so my earliest musical influences that made me think in pagan ways were Led Zeppelin, Jethro yeah. Tull, who's, for the music of Jethro Tull is just rife with pagan imagery. The music of Led Zeppelin, just the music itself, if you don't even count like some of the lyrical content and quality of it, just the music itself stirs this very deep feeling inside of you. And it's a feeling that's very connected to how I feel about my spirituality and my paganism. Well, I think that folk music, when I think of like old-timey music, and I came up going to bluegrass festivals and things like that with my dad, and to me, that kind of music kind of like grew out of the people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And, and that has that quality of people just putting their spirit into their expression of music. And I could see where that kind of has a pagan base, a pagan history. I mean, folk music it comes from the people, the country folk. <laughs> well, I guess you know, so. I and was, that's what pagan means, so... <laughs> I, I was I was exposed to Arlo Guthrie very early in my life and I was amazed to find out that wow, he had a very musical dad who wrote songs that were important from a political and human standpoint and these are all things like I said these tie in very deeply and intimately to the way I feel about my spirituality about the passion and honesty that I have about my spirituality it's very difficult for me to separate my feelings about good music and my feelings about how I feel about my spirituality yeah I've always looked for songs that would express things that I feel spiritually and I've found different songs by different people just something about the lyrics something about the music really appealed to me and so I have a few favorites lay them on me <laughs> well my first favorite is Janis Joplin as far as just a, a general artist because she always sang about love and being free and and really living life to the fullest and to me that's a big pagan value to really experience life now yeah you can take some things too far but just the feelings of longing and loving in her music to me really always spoke to me do you have any favorites other than Led Zeppelin <sighs> this is gonna sound so gigantically egomaniacal but uh go ahead you're your own biggest fan i am go, go ahead laugh it up there arrowind i appreciate that i'm your biggest fan you're I, not your biggest fan 
I wrote a song years ago. The title of it was Not Like Them. And it's all about having the open ability to acknowledge this feeling inside of you that you feel different than the norm. And quite honestly, like I said, I, I just I sound like an egomaniacal nut. We have to play the song oh, dear for God. people to oh. know it. Okay, well, that that's just going to have to be a different podcast okay. or something. I'm not doing that tonight. That'd be loud and have to break out the guitar and the kids would wait. We have, up it. And we have it on record. Okay. We recorded. Well, um, but it's it's one of my favorite songs as far as the idea of what these feelings I have about my spirituality, about how I'm a different person and I feel, you know, a little out of step with the world because of that. But I'm not the only one. Right. And that's the best thing about that song. And I hope we do find a way to play it for our listeners because that's one of my favorite songs. So what about you? What else have you got? Well, I really have a, a really wide variety of interest in music. I love classical music. I love some bluegrass music. I love Celtic folk music. I love rock and roll. I love blues. I love jazz. There's pretty much something in almost every genre of music that I like. But to keep to the pagan theme, a song that just keeps popping into my head is Magic Man by Heart. That song just makes me feel witchy. I love that song. You guys should <laughs> see Erwin blushing right now. This is spectacular. It's just hot. Yeah. I'm glowing because I'm hot. sweaty. It's hot. We already talked about that. <laughs> Yeah, just that song to me, it's it sounds so good and it's like brings all the things together to me, like as a young pagan, listening to that song and being like, you know, just all the magical stuff about wanting to be pagan or witchy and, and all that stuff. I love that song. It just it's cool. And you found a magic man? Yes, I did. What can I say? Mm-hmm. But we lasted a little longer than the characters in that <laughs> <Yeah>. song. <laughs> Um, it sounds so terribly, terribly cliche, but Stairway to Heaven from Led Zeppelin was mm-hmm. one of the songs that made me want to become a musician. And that is certainly a song that is filled with very sounds that are very pagan feeling and lyrics that are very pagan flavored. Mm-hmm. The first time I heard Robert Plant sing about the May Queen, I was like, who is that? I, 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 must, I must find this person. Who is that? Yeah. I I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Led Zeppelin. I love them. But that song, to me, it has this pagan feel. But if you really try to listen to the words, I don't get it. I don't understand the whole meaning of it. I can groove with the feel. It's quite often in a lot of music, I find that because I have hearing problems. And it has, through the course of my life, caused me to mispronounce words, not understand things that I'm hearing incredibly clearly. (laughs) Well, you just got to laugh. I just have to like <laughs> say a shout out to Oni at this point. <laughs> that must be no, it's an inside joke, and we'd say we wouldn't do that. So. Okay, but the <laughs> but the point is, despite that, the way things go sometimes in music lyrically isn't always about the words, but about how they make me feel. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, I taught myself to sing by standing in the shower singing "Amazing Grace" at the top of my lungs and. 
you know what? You just don't get much more Christian than a rousing rendition <laughs> of Amazing Grace at the top of your lungs. That they loved me in the church over that one. I'm going to go on a little tangent right now. I really despise putting pagan words onto Christian music. There's pagan Christmas carols and stuff where they just change the words. It's still the same song, but to me, because I came from a Christian background, when I hear the music, it makes me think Christian, even though the words are different. Right. It, it It's just something that just gets to me and and I think that's part of the problem with pagan music that so many people are critical of it because so much of it is like that where it's just let's just change the words and keep the song I mean it's just kind of like not totally organic the stuff that is totally organic is the pagan music that I like but the stuff that's just kind of let's borrow something else and change the words I don't like that stuff well and I have that kind of problem too with some music where it is formulaic where you know that the artist crammed a reference to some god or some festival or some pagan ideal into a song just because they thought yeah this has got a market and that's what really gets on my nerves right there well that gets on my nerves in any it doesn't have to be pagan anything somebody that does something just because there's a market right i don't like that and so that's the reason why i've kind of looked for more like pagan themes in popular music or music that you know i was brought up with that i like i was brought up listening to a lot of big band music ella fitzgerald is one of my favorite artists of course she sings standards like gershwin and all those old composers <laughs> you know more about that music than anybody i know your age right and i don't know if anyone out there knows who i'm talking about I mean, i hope most people know who gershwin is but like one of my favorites is jerome kern because the chord progressions are so to me he had a talent for making the music communicate the the actual notes communicate a feeling and then the lyrics on top of that were always so not what you would expect it was not formulaic it was definitely unique and always expressed a human experience now i can't really say that's pagan that's human it's human it's it's being aware of what you're going through and I just find that a lot of that music expresses a lot of things about the human experience that music today, pop music, doesn't really touch on. Well, it's you know, there's some, some subtleties in that old music that you don't hear today. And you hit the nail on the head right there with the idea about the human experience because it is such that part of my belief in why I am a pagan is because paganism allows me to have a honest experience within my human experience and to listen to these musicians this music of any genre or any type that just has a straightforward very honest expression about the human condition it's part of the reason why it relates to mm-hmm. my pagan spirituality the way that it does okay i'm gonna flip-flop on you now oh god here we go <laughs> I was kind of being critical of Christian music a little bit, or paganized Christian music, but talking about the human experience, and I really do feel like there there is Christian music out there that expresses aspects of the human experience in a really beautiful and profound way. And one of my favorites is Bob Marley. 
<laughs> All right. No, man. Bob Marley's cool. Yeah, there there are some blatant references in his music to Christian mythology and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, I've always found that I can interpret it in a way that applies to my pagan experience. Right. To the, the lyrics that say the mighty God is in the living man. To me, that means God is in all people. And you could mean goddess when you say God and that kind of thing. And there's probably some Bob Marley fans out there that don't agree with me. But that's okay. I think it's, to me, it speaks to me. Well, I think it's part of the experience of music that, just like perception on any other environment is unique to the perceiver, music and its lyrics are very much the same way. And I think in many, many cases, you can take a lyric that might be okay. So you're a pagan, and that lyric might be expressly Christian. It doesn't necessarily invalidate your perception of it as something that resonates with your pagan ideals. Yeah, and I just need to get over that little like guilty voice in my head that's like, this is Christian, you're not supposed to listen to it. You know, I mean, I have these mental problems sometimes. I'm going to jump back real quick to and, and make a very short rant on something that you said earlier because I didn't think about it then and I'm thinking about it now. And you're talking about people changing the lyrics of Christian songs in order to make pagan songs. If I ever effing hear a group of pagans sing onward pagan soldiers ever again it will be too soon <laughs> if i never oh, no. hear it again you heard I was, that i was at a festival where they broke out into a loud militant version of onward christian soldiers only it was onward pagan soldiers and i wanted to i oh Oh, if I never hear that again, it would be too soon. It would be too soon. It was so not. The one exception to to this feeling is that old time religion. Because there's so many good pagan verses (laughs) for that old time religion. And really, paganism is the old time religion. A lot older than Christianity. So I, I can get behind that one. I was at a gathering one time <laughs> where around the bonfire they broke into a really long it took a half hour, 40 minutes for them to I go was there. through. Every I didn't time, know you then, but I was there. <laughs> every time it would like seem like it was petering off Someone would come up with a new verse for it, and it went on for, and it was hilarious. It was pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, there's a connection there because the old time religion thing. Right. It it was ironic in in a very funny sort of way. Pagan soldiers was not ironic or funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was a little frightening. (laughs) Not that I have anything against soldiers who are pagans you must understand yeah that wasn't about that uh, you know one of the things that i also wanted to talk about while while we're you know running down this little track of music thing is the use of music and ritual i have in any number of times in the past both in group and in personal practice said oh wow I, there is a there is a oh and i wish i could remember it off the top of my head but i can't because i'm not good with music that way i know what i like but unless it's an extremely limited number of bands, I can't tell you who did anything. <laughs> I can tell you if I've heard it 70 times before, but for some reason I can't say, oh, that's such and such of a band. Or I know the name the, of the song. Or the name of the song, especially <laughs> the name of the song. I might be able to dredge up the name of the band, but not the name of the song. But there's a there's this piece that Aerosmith does, and I can't remember what album it's on, but man, that is the background music for Serious Ritual. Oh, really? Oh, yes, indeed. Oh. I would have to 
to dig that album out and, and expose you to that. But it's but, not uh, one of their like top forty hits. No, no, not at all. It's like okay. a, it's like not even a it's not even like a forty five B side. It's something that's mm-hmm. like buried on track number eleven or something. Okay, well here's what I think. I think music and ritual is awesome because it it helps to set a mood. It helps to raise energy in general. I'm all for music and ritual. There's a couple of problems with it, though. Okay, first there's the technical problems of do you have a CD player? Do you want a CD player? Or do you want to all just chant songs and drum and do that? There is a significant energetic difference between listening to music on a CD player and having a live musician play in a ritual. It depends on what the focus of your ritual is, which one is going to be appropriate. and, And what you have available, too. Right. But I really don't like and I've unfortunately been in a lot of rituals like this where they just throw a chant in there just to have a chant and they'd pick one of the like top five chants that all pagans know. Right. Like corn and grain. And I know there's some people laughing down there. <laughs> Hoof and horn, corn and grain. <laughs> okay. I'm, everybody I'm know, right everybody <laughs> knows it. Everybody knows it. And I do. I'm with you. I've seen it happen in any number of public rituals where that gets inserted because they know that everybody knows it, but it's like totally out of place in the yeah. ritual. Yeah. Of course I do it. Chime right in there and I'm like gonna make the best of it whatever we have so but the more you can make your ritual experience cohesive and organic and everybody with the same kind of passion and feeling which it's really hard to do that well, with a group the, of people being in any particular instance that you might find yourself as a ritual organizer and decide to put music in your ritual to me that is a significant and extremely important thing that you've got to give some thought to you can't just slam any old thing any old square peg into any old round hole in these instances and i mean it's been my experience that pagan groups in general are maybe a little disorganized and they're not i mean it's kind of like you meet once a week or once a month or something there's not a lot of continuity so it's hard to have like regular pagan choir practice You well, know, right. And that's everybody true. has different levels. I mean, that's where the Christian church has a big advantage because they're very organized and they have a long history of Christian music and they have a long history of choirs in their churches. And pagans don't really have that yet, but there are some really great pagan choirs out there. And one time I went to this ritual and it was a really awesome, awesome ritual. It was out in a park and we all had to process to the ritual area blindfolded and it was probably about a 500 yard walk to get to this place and once we got to this place there was about a thousand candles lit and we're all in a circle and we take the blindfolds off and we see a thousand candles lit in the middle of a field at night and then the presenters of the ritual started singing a cappella, this pagan chant. But when I say pagan chant, I'm not talking about we all come from the goddess. I'm talking about four-part harmony with lyrics that you never heard, but everything very clear that you can understand and just this beautiful, harmonious, spiritual thing. And that kind of stuff just doesn't happen enough in pagan ritual, in my opinion. But it's hard to get that level of... (laughs) When when you said four-part harmony, all I could think about was Pagan Barbershop Quartet. And I'm really not sure how that would work out. Well, it was not a barbershop quartet. It was about, like, 
10 or 15 people <laughs> right they obviously had been together for a while and been practicing and really took the musical technical side of it very seriously and you can tell when you put that kind of work into something that it really comes off not to detract from what you were saying you know just the people who put their spirit in it you know just me and my buddy doing a chant then we, we feel very spiritual about it. it's still going to have a powerful effect I believe even though so. we're not in four-part harmony i believe so you know, i really but do also just to have that level of presentation and virtuosity in a pagan ritual was beautiful and i wish more people could experience that another thing i just wanted to touch on is it's kind of a personal thing for me of how i use music in ritual and this comes from when i was a solitary practitioner i have some experience singing i sang with a band in college i was in choirs i was in the church choir but so at the I. same time i'm very very nervous about singing in public but when i'm by myself i don't have a problem with it <laughs> and a lot of times when i was a solitary pagan i would go for walks in the woods and things like that and sometimes i would go off the beaten path and just go into the woods and find a tree that i felt particularly drawn to or something and I would want to do a little ritual but I was just kind of walking I hadn't planned anything ahead all of a sudden I felt this spiritual connection and wanting to do this and so I decided that a good offering for me to do would be to sing and I would sing songs to the trees or to the woods or to mother earth or whoever it made me start looking at what songs do I want to sing and looking at the repertoire of music that I learned or just music that I hear that I like and what songs really speak to me. And just to give a couple of examples, one song that I really like is one that was written by Stevie Wonder and it's called If It's Magic, I think. At least that's like the main words that are repeated over and over. The hook. (laughs) Yeah, obviously because it says magic in the words, jumps right out at you. But also the sentiment is just, and it doesn't really say this exactly in the song, but this is what it means to me, is just that there's magic everywhere. It's kind of like a song that is trying to get you to take that step. The words go something like, if it's magic, why can't it be everlasting? And in the end of the song, you make it everlasting. You have to be the one to take that step and to make magic happen. And that's what it means to me. And that's one of the songs that I learned that I would sing to the trees and the woods and that kind of thing. Well, that's so awesome. I mean, it's a special gift from anyone, not just a musician, but from anyone to sing to someone else is is a really intimate and well special gift like like i just said it's just it's something so out of the norm i mean think and you and i have gone through phases where we've sang to each other mm-hmm. at bedtime and i'll never forget that time when i took the trip out to utah it was like the first time i was gone from you since we started dating and you would leave me messages on my phone of songs and i would like check my messages and there's you singing a whole song to me on my message that was awesome (laughs) it's a very spiritual thing it's a very intimate it's a very vulnerable position to be in when you open yourself up that way to another human being through music and as a gift for something to like sing to a tree is to me would be no different than singing to a person you know trees i mean it's it's very well documented that trees and plants respond to verbalizations exactly Mm -hmm. what a wonderfully powerful 
combination. I haven't done it in a long time. I guess it's just because I haven't been walking in the woods by myself in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) But I still like to sing. For a while there, we would go to a regular festival and I got into the habit at this particular festival one of the things that we that you did was you had to do like a two-hour work shift to kind of help out with working the festival SOP yeah and one of the jobs was lake watch My personal favorite. I can hear some of my friends laughing right now. Yeah, watch the lake to make sure it doesn't run away. <laughs> that was the standing joke, but there was a reason. Right, yeah. To make, yeah. For a few seasons in a row, I got early morning lake watch from like 6 to 8, 7 to 9, something like that, which most people probably weren't up at that time because they'd been up too late at the bonfire the night before or something. But it was, to me, a good time to go and kind of have some quiet time to myself and get it out of the way when there wasn't other things going on. It wouldn't take away from my experience of the rest of the festival. When I did this Lake Watch, one of my traditions while I was doing it was to sing this song and it's called Like a Lover. And it was written by Carlos Santana. And I actually, the way that I heard of the song was on a recording by some Christian artists named Tuck and Patty, which I don't know if anyone out there knows who they are, but they're, at least they were at the time, popular artists. And the guy was awesome bass player. And then the, the lady was an awesome singer. And the song, Like a Lover, the, the lyrics are about you're singing to your lover and, you know, let me be like the morning sun to you and how the sun wakes up up and kisses your face and it's just so poetic and beautiful and lyrical and the the melody totally to me mirrors the sentiment of what the lyrics are saying and because it's so nature oriented because it talks about the sun and the wind and the moon and love and it's just one of my favorite songs so I highly recommend it to anyone out there but that was one of my traditions that I would get up and I would sing that to the lake. Awesome. <laughs> at dawn. <laughs> I went through I went through a lake watch phase where I was doing lake watch at dawn and would take my guitar down to the lake and play music and had a number of people that after y- several years expected me to show up at the lake <laughs> to play certain music. It was a pretty awesome responsibility it felt like, but uh, one that I loved very very much. And we have talked now about Led Zeppelin, Jethro Tull, and Carlos Santana and Hart and Stevie Nicks and Bob Marley and all these like really, I want to say mundane artists, but very mainstream rock and roll pop artists. I would like to point out there are musicians out there that are like really dedicating their musical path purely to a very, maybe not to, but from a very pagan place. Wow, really like one of the top musicians in the pagan community that is just someone that I, I love their music dearly is Dave the Bard, the host from Druidcast. And man, the stuff that he does just smokes my ass out of the water. It just He has a really, a lot of themes from Celtic mythology that the way he weaves that into the poetry of his lyrics is not your typical I guess what I was used to hearing before I first heard him. I mean, and the idea of the construction of musicality as spell and ritual and spiritual experience, I mean from a very bardic standpoint, Dave the Bard totally earns that title. One of my favorites is Kellyanna or Kellyanna. 
I don't know in which way she says it, but to me, what I've heard, the chants that she does, I mean, and, and they all have a great melody. They're they're different from all the standard pagan chants that I've heard, and, and they're always so powerful. They're so easy to learn, easy to chime right in, and definitely, I, I love listening to her. I am really a big fan of S.J. Tucker, who has a large influence and following in the pagan community. And I don't know if necessarily all of her music is air quotes pagan but a lot of it is just filled with wonderful pagan themes and the way she presents herself in the pagan community and is just really outstanding i mean yeah i like her stuff too pretty awesome i'll also like to mention that i don't know how much really wide exposure outside of the podcast community there is for this band but we're big fans of the wiggly and way around here we probably haven't mentioned that in a little while hello mojo hello sparrow and i don't believe that chalice and blade are actually producing any music any longer I think that band is now defunct, and I think Mojo is moving on towards a... I'm not very caught up on it as I wish I was, but I think Mojo is now moving on to a more solo-oriented type of Mm -hmm. musical presentation. But the music that he did with the group Chalice and Blade is some awesome pagan music and stuff that I really, really enjoy listening to. And it's just nice to hear this very, to me, kind of... I don't know, it feels like kind of down-home sort of pagan music. The stuff that you would listen to your friends do at a campfire at a festival or something. It's very enjoyable, and the and the themes in it run very deep and always resonate very well within me. And there's tons more artists out there. I listen to Druidcast a lot, and there's all kinds of pagan artists that play on that, and I don't remember any of their names or anything. But I know that there's a lot of people out there that are putting their spirit and their faith, their pagan faith, into their music, and that's a wonderful thing. I think more people should do it. And like I said, I am just so horrible about remembering names of bands and names of songs and stuff. But the the resources are out there for you to find really good pagan music. Kaya Dragon from Pagan Chaos Magic always manages to find really interesting music that has very good pagan themes behind it. Hawthorne from The Spiral Dance. If it's not actually yeah. pagan music, He's a favorite of mine, it mine too, <laughs> just hugely. And if he doesn't, if it's not actually pagan dedicated music, he finds mundane music that will travel the pagan path really, really freaking well. Mm-hmm. Da- I love the episode of that when he played Aquarius was the first song of the episode. He managed to find <laughs> the best version of Aquarius that I've that was ever awesome. heard. It I don't was know. We were on a road trip somewhere and we put it in. And it was like whoa. <laughs> Druidcast with Dave the Bard, another great resource for pagan music. Just outstanding music is a magical experience almost from that. Pagan FM, if you get the opportunity to check out the podcast Pagan FM, another one that just absolutely filled up with the best and grandest pagan music. And there's many more. I could just we could spend the rest of the night rattling off podcasts and resources and stuff. Go out there and check it out. You can find a lot of stuff. You also find it, what I like to think of as relatively unexpected places. I went to a pagan gathering one time and I took my guitar case a little sack of oranges some beef jerky and my (laughs) stuff and I didn't bring a tent didn't bring a sleeping bag and other than the little bit of food which I barely ate I wandered around from campsite to campsite presenting myself as like this wandering musician hey can I 
that smells really good. Can I get up on some of that? You know, can I, if I play a couple songs, can I get up on some of that food with you? And it was an absolutely awesome weekend. And I wouldn't be able to even recollect all of or start to know where to begin counting all of the different campfires and bonfires and sacred ritual circles of just people hanging out and somebody breaks out a guitar and starts singing or playing something or somebody breaks out a drum and does something other than this. It really adds a magical spiritual aspect to whatever's going on. It does. And I think sometimes in the broader pagan community at large (laughs) i'm getting a lot of broader now (laughs) i'm getting a lot of crap from my friends for this phrase but i think that in many instances in the pagan community at large these people who break out a guitar at a fire circle or just wander past your campsite with a guitar are an excellent resource into a very real experience of music as magic and spirituality that not everybody gets the opportunity to feel and mm-hmm. i think that's something that's missing from a lot of pagans lives frankly well Well, music in any religion is a way of reaching out to people on an emotional level and a spiritual level. To me, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's that connection. To have that connection that's more than just waving at your neighbor across the street. It's actually connecting. I'm a human being with a life, with a past, with a spirit. This is how I feel. Yeah, and this is how I feel. And I want to connect with you and tell you about that. And hey, why don't you tell me about yourself too? Mm -hmm. And so we have this connection going. To me, it's symbolic of the magical connection, the, the web of life. I mean, it's just, to me, that's all pagan. It's all pagan. And I truly think that as a spiritual and magical part of our repertoire as pagan beings, that music is a bridge to do just that. And now it's time for Podcast of the Week, and Fox has something to tell us about. (laughs) My Podcast of the Week is going to be a podcast that I do believe that I have done in the past. As I've repeatedly said, both on the show note blogs and on the show several times, my podcast listening habits have changed immensely from since I lost my job and I am still doing the stay-at-home dad thing and but I am learning now how to really well integrate listening to podcasts back into my life but as a consequence of not listening to podcasts not listening Mm -hmm. to 14 hours of podcasts a day for almost a year now it's taking me a lot of time to catch up to podcasts that I haven't listened to in a while and so the podcast of the week this week is Pagan Chaos Magic with its wonderful, wonderful host, Kaya Dragon, who has been a long-standing friend of this show and who we've always appreciated, Jikaya. And I just wanted to get that out there that if you're not listening to Pagan Chaos Magic, it is certainly one of the shows that you should listen to. I am currently catching up on some of the episodes that I have unfortunately left behind in the past. And in listening to them, I was reminded once again why I think so highly of Kaya as both a podcaster and a fellow person in the pagan community. His very easy and casual grasp of some very deep and powerful concepts in the fundamental functionality of how magic can work in your life on a daily basis are things that people need to hear. And he does it very well. And so... Mm -hmm. 
check it out. Pagan Chaos Magic. Man, love you, brother. You take care, man. We love you, Kai. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can drop us an email, which... Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> That's the sound of my voice echoing around in my empty email box. Um, <laughs> wow. Maybe my computer's broken. Anyways, <laughs> totally joking. If you want to write us an email, we would love to hear from you. I'm trying to do my very best to keep up with everybody. We did get some responses on the the podcast we did with Caveldra, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I'm I'm just yeah. I'm totally joking. We've we've okay. gotten some some right. po- some responses. Yeah, keep it coming. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and you can keep it coming to paganparentsote at gmail.com. Paganparentsote at aol.com. You can get in touch with us through our hoster at Podbean. We're also in MySpace, and we have a thing where you can download the shows from MySpace. Uh, you can't actually download the shows, I don't think, but you can play them on oh. a player on the oh, MySpace well, page. That's what I mean. I do believe that Podcast <laughs> Pickle account is floating around out there somewhere. You check on that. Um, <laughs> and uh, there are a couple of variety of sources that you yeah, can pick iTunes. up the show at. If you get us at iTunes, we would appreciate it immensely if you would drop us a review and a rating on iTunes. Make it a good one. We'll speak well and think well of you forever. <laughs> I love you, Fox. I love you too, Arrowind. And to close this show out, I'm going to play for you one more of my favorite pagan songs called The Vault of Heaven. This is Marcus Leader, and you have been listening to The Shaman's Brew on Jackalope Radio. You who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness come spinning of stars. You who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness come spinning of stars. You who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness come spinning of stars. You who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness come spinning of stars. You who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness come spinning of stars. You who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness come spinning of stars. You who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness come spinning of stars. You who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness come spinning. Stars, you who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness comes spinning of stars. You who open the vault of heaven, out of the blackness comes spinning of stars. You Stars dance through the windows of her 
universal house of her universal house.